got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Listen up, NBA fans. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up using code TBE. Select between two and six NBA players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Track your picks and play against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now using code TBE and take on the competition with your best NBA player picks. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, please visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. What's up? And welcome back to another episode of No Silence Podcast with your host. Now nah, fuck that with your low. Glasses Malone. Something was bothering me specifically, specifically, right? And I was talking to one of my homies, right? And we were talking about the Kendrick album. Mm. And in the Kendrick album, somehow we got into a debate about gangbanging. And they literally accused me of being like some kind of gang activist of like promoting gangs in a positive light. And I noticed it was another conversation I had with Charlemagne and Van Lathan, and they feel like I have this weird outlook on gangs because their outlook is rooted in like negativity, and um, their their outlook is rooted in negativity based off ignorance, like they don't have any experience, any understanding. Feel me? So. I noticed that there's this this expression that goes along with any time communities clash, right? Anytime these poor communities clash, there's this expression that I've always seen used, and normally it's white people, Pete, who uses it, like news people. And they'll be like, oh, senseless violence. And that's their line, like, oh, senseless violence. And I could know the situation right being in the streets like you know i got the street i'm subscribed to the street newspaper so all of the street news is gonna come right to my phone i'm gonna be able to decipher all the information i'm gonna know what happened to a t so it's weird to me right and i understand why a news anchor will call it senseless they they say anything about that with violence particularly that's like gun related I, I don't always think so, try to say that. Right now they cover the, the Russian-Ukraine war, and I've never heard them reference it as senseless violence. Right? So that's also military. There's never any senseless military action ever, ever. Which is my point. But but so I give the news people a pass because they are not informed on the actual conflict. So then they just reference it as senseless, right? When they have no information on the conflict. The natural thing to do is reference it as senseless. Mm. I am informed. 
I brought my buddy Alex Alonzo on here, somebody who's I've always consulted on gang, anything community culture related. Yes, sir. And just as much as I'm vested in it, he studies it. Yes, sir. So it's weird to me to always hear that. Right. But I understand those news anchors have no idea what's going on. They, they are voided and, and they have no idea of the facts. My issue is when people within the community, when we birth success, when we birth successful people and then they become successful and then they go and get with these same news people or ignorant people and promote the violence as senseless versus making sense out of it for people to get information. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they can help with the conflict. Yeah. In general, I think that the truth is halfway between your perspective and like Charlemagne and Van's perspective, where they're not hands-on first person involved, but you're so personally involved that you can't see the forest for the trees, so to speak. I don't I don't know because how is it senseless? Like okay, because it's, it's place, because there's not productive big picture. But again, productive big picture is all like perspective based, right? That's all based that, on, and and that's what I was getting at. But I don't know if that makes it wrong to say somebody's world doesn't matter because your world is of what you feel is a grander scale. It's kind of like that's just pretty much discriminating on the value of somebody's life. Like you're reduced at that point, these people lives don't matter. Right. At that point, then if, if it's just, if you can make sense out of world war two and you can't make sense out of the 60 versus the eight trades, if you can make sense out of, you know, nine 11 and the war between Al Qaeda, but you can't make sense out of the sixties and eight trades. I think at some place you're just being, you're being ridiculous and ignorant. Like, okay, it's different if you don't have any information, right? And you just see some niggas killing each other, right? You just see some black people, poor black people killing each other. That's all it looks like to you. Oh, they're just killing each other. But if you have details on the fact of someone, loved one getting killed, you know, a thousand different things, then it starts to make sense. Hey, if, if we think of this as as uh, on a geographic scale, I studied geography for a long time. And what Peter's talking about, which which he used the term um, big production or production big picture. That's macro level conflict. But what Glasses is talking about, Crips and Bloods, essays, Norteños, Sudeños, in geography, we call that micro level conflict. And you could take the same rules and apply that to macro level as you can to the micro level to where there's almost no difference between what's causing the conflict on these two different levels. Because there is big picture or production, big production on the micro level. There are families, there are kids, there are parents, uh, there are street rules. The street rules run large urban cities. And these street rules that get violated end up in micro level conflict. So I, I look at it as all the same. And they exist, and the rules exist to keep peace. Like the rules are not just there to cause conflict. They're no different than laws. It's there to keep peace. Yeah, I, I didn't mean it in, in a scale of physical space. I meant it in a scale of like chronological time more so. I thought you was meaning it in a scale of financial value. Like th there is more money in the war in Afghanistan. There is in, in the war between the 60s and the age trades. But the, the values of the lives are the same. Yeah, no, I, I meant it in the sense that like, there's not a, a a big picture end game of time for like a a defined outcome with consideration of the local ancillary costs that are caused by the conflict, like within the neighborhood over a twenty to thirty year scale. Uh, I'm not gonna disagree with that, I, but but I also think that makes the intentions pure. Whose intentions? The intentions of the war itself. The fight is. Well, yeah, 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 for it's sure. Not, it's not done for because what you said in so many words is it wasn't done because, you know, they they took somebody's life. It was done with a 
with an underlining issue. Even if t- to us they promoted the lives loss of 9-11 was the reason they decided to start this war on Al-Qaeda, we both know there's an underlining, you know, cunning thing below it that that's the real reason. But I don't know if that's worth more or just you just a bigger piece of shit. Yeah, like there, like there's more immediate integrity to an organic, you know, war between two neighborhoods. Sure. But but there's also more. If you look at in a square mile, there's what fifty thousand people in population in a square mile in South LA ballpark, maybe sure, twenty. Yeah, yeah. But what four percent maybe gang bang, maybe one percent. So there's an ancillary negative cost to the other X percent of people that aren't involved in the conflict who have to endure, you know, some sort of an L as a result of its existence. There's civilian. But isn't that like all wars at that point? Like, like, and, and this is the tricky part, right? Because growing up in the community, right? So, yeah, there's only so many participating people in the military side. But let me tell you something that's not really spoken of for some reason. First off, hold up. I'm tripping. No ceilings. GL, my man Peter Boss. I got the big homie Alex Alonzo, uh, criminologist, you know, street culturist, you know, uh, understanding and, and studier of the fine arts when it comes to Los Angeles streets and everything surrounding. So the same thing happens in these big wars. You, I mean, when you right now, it's a ton of innocent lives being lost in the war between Russia and Ukraine. Tons, probably way more. Right. But this is the tricky thing about, you know, the community. Right. So, yes. Right. Let's say on the seven since they built the one oh five. Right. Is it's only so many. Maybe it's 100 participants in the military. That's 107 Street. It's only 100 willing participants in the military. Right. That's 117 Street Watts. But that don't mean the majority of the community are not the actual culture that is 117 Street Watts. They're just not active in the military. Most people that grow up in these communities because they grow up with each other are very much like community based. They just don't do the same things when it comes to crime. But they very much are family and and committed to the the, the members of the community, if, if that makes sense. Like everybody in America is not you know, in the military, but everybody supports the military. Does that make sense? Not everybody. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, I that. yeah. Now imagine I, I work with a lot of defense attorneys and, and when we go on trial for murder, I have to convince this jury that the reasons that this conflict exists in the first place is basically for the same issues we're talking about here that there is a greater reason why this is going on. There's a historical context of why this is going on. And sometimes there's actually a reason for person A killing person B that could be rooted in, um, I felt my life was threatened, for example, or if I didn't do it, they were going to do it. Um, for Most of the time, jurors do not care about street violence. But once I put it in the context of macro level violence, and it's not too much different from the reason why the United States was in Afghanistan for 20 years. Some jurors start to get it. Some jurors will say, OK, they'll open up their mind and say, maybe I should look at this case. Maybe I should look at this conflict through different lenses. And it is a challenge, man. We've got a jury that's, you know, 10, 10 white folks, usually nine to 10 white folks sure. that for the most part do not care about this stuff. And which is weird because that's the terminology when they say a jury of your peers. Like based off where you live, the term peers changes like every experience in Los Angeles is not the exact same, especially economically like that literally becomes tiers of living. Like the whole thing changes depending on how much money you make, where you live at changes everything about the community, not even your race. Right, Pete is where you live. You could live in Beverly Hills and that experience is totally different being a black man in Beverly Hills and being a black man in Watts night and day mm. night and day so uh, and that's dope that's a really important job i'm glad i didn't i didn't even know that's what you do but i always assume that's something close to what you do but i was saying that if, if you literally can look at what's peers what the word peers means like they would change jurors and they would fight for different kind of jurors based off of the community 
it, it's a lot of things to work out, but it's re it really matters. Like if we go back to the origin, right, of one of the oldest, you know, crip beefs, right, which is the 60s and they trays, right? This is something in the 70s, late 70s, a beloved brother, right, a, a minor was murdered, right, over a simple fisticuff, you know, squabble that's normal, normal business there. It's normal amongst our communities, poor communities to fight to solve problems. You know, it's actually not crazy. It actually happens at the highest levels a lot of times, right? But they decided to solve it with a physical altercation. Are we going to fight? And somebody went too far that wasn't familiar with the communities, those two communities relationship. One person made a decision that went too far. So then because they couldn't find resolution, there was one resolution asked for. And because they couldn't find it, it resulted in what we have today, which is, you know, a, a war that's 40 years old at this point. Right. But it is very sensible. If you don't understand how somebody getting killed. Right. How somebody getting killed and you feeling like another community is responsible and not doing things to provide a resolution. It could cause more lives. I've heard this a thousand times when I explain it to Van, you know, he, he tries his best to understand, but he'd be like, well, why they just didn't sit down and talk? And I would say to him, well, why when the Twin Towers got bombed, didn't America go and sit down with Al Qaeda's leadership and say, hey, we need to work this out so nobody else loses their life? Why is Russia not sitting down with Ukraine deciding to say whatever we're doing this for, it's not worth people losing their lives? Like what makes like what is a life worth at that point? I think that brings up two well like two small kind of contextual you know schisms here a little bit like one of them the a like history would tell us at least it's viewed through the through the lens of there are you know quote unquote good wars and bad wars or better wars than others you know to be involved in and there's a difference between rational and sensible you know and also, I think a question or two that are worth asking for this conversation as far as like trying to bridge the gap between the two points is what is the defined end game and what is the positive outcome for the non-participants nearby? You know, like if you were talking about we're going to engage in a war to topple the third reich we know what the end game is and we know who the beneficiaries are that aren't actually involved in the conflict but are nearby like what like like those questions i feel like are not beautifully answered with regard to say a six l's and eight trays 40 year long but you know but is that really what happened in world war ii like you know in real time that's not actually what happened like we didn't enter the war to topple the third reich I think, that, I think I think once a war we the war we entered the war to aid in that cause. That was effectively well, we why the war started. We entered the war because somebody brought the war to us. We, like bef but before that, just like now, we were playing behind curtains and and doing small little kind of cheap, fucked up things, right? Supporting people, picking a side, but not actually participating. And it wasn't until right uh, the war was brought to our soil that we decided to go full force. Because if that was the case, if it was all about topping in the third right, them nuclear bombs went to the wrong place. We'll use well, the, the Afghanistan and Iraq war as a better example. The, the goal was to take down Osama bin Laden. Well, they took, didn't uh, Barack Obama killed Osama bin Laden in 2011. So then why were we in that war for nine more years? So I, I think that when they articulate these end goals, it is a way to get the American public to say, okay, we're with that. But then we forget about the end goal has been already been achieved. So why are you guys still fighting? Why is there still bloodshed? Why is there still conflict for another decade almost? So I don't, you know, those end goals that are presented at these press conferences by the media, I just think it's all smoke it's and mirrors to get the American public to, to, to yeah. support it. It's great marketing for whatever reason. And, and that's what, and that's why I initially said to you, Pete, it is, it's all about everybody's fighting for the same things. How you spin it to the general public is important. And 
what I like to believe with no ceilings and what we do is we way behind the curtains. We're not even staring at the magic trick no more. So if we say even in World War Two, right, the goal was to 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 counter the third right. Like, well, the 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 actual nuclear bombs went to the wrong place. But again, that's a time frame standpoint, you know, like. The U.S. would have would have eventually gotten into Europe full throttle. It was it was happening that way. And then Pearl Harbor happened in the process. Like the Atlantic and Pacific theaters historically are two very separate wars. But, Peter, I got a question. Remember mm -hmm. when the goal under Bush, when they went into Iraq and Afghanistan, was to find WMDs? When you have a goal of finding something that's never going to happen, then there is no end goal because here we are. 20 years later, and I believe the consensus is Iraq never had WMDs. That's nonsense. They were in Syria. They were used, and we know they were used. They so, were never found in Iraq. Um, they never. Yeah, but there's there's power. there's evidence and intelligence that suggests they were trucked into Syria from Iraq at that time in giant in, in, in large military convoys. Intelligence is the tricky word. And again, Pete, private journalists, not government. It's always government. They blame Saddam Hussein for participating case. in the WMD program, which they never they never proved. Saddam Hussein in Iraq was supposed to be involved in a WMD program. I, I understand it. I I, I'm, I wasn't like a pro Iraq intervention war, but but the idea that in real time he wasn't stonewalling in searches while transporting that stuff to Syria that was then actually used in Syria that we know about that they didn't have a crate on their own or trade for. That's all real. <sighs> like that literally happened. Like you can like Syria didn't make that stuff and they weren't shipped it. That's how they got it. It's a lot of okay, but then, then, then my question is we know countries that actually have them. Iran has been involved in WMD programs. How many bombs have we dropped? And when was the last time we invaded Iran? That ain't going to happen, you know? So it's all, all of these, like, uh, justifications to war, man, it's all, it's, it's, you got to admit, it's a lot of propaganda behind these explanations and justifications to a lot of this macro-level conflict. It's the yeah, same. I mean, there's, there's certainly in the U.S., governmentally speaking, there's two tiers of wars. I mean, like, I mean, it's even easy. I mean, you could point to, in most cases, like, there's that line in the sand where there was c Congress declaring war, and then there was these quote unquote military conflicts that go on for a hundred years because it's convenient, you know, and those are not the same thing. Like, like that would be Iraq, Afghanistan, Vietnam, even the Ukraine thing, the Ukraine, th there was an opportunity for Ukraine and Russia to settle that in April. International interests had raised a hundred billion dollars in funding for this thing. And they said, no, we're not going to settle. We're and now fine. it's going to cost probably 75,000 Ukrainian lives at least for that cause. Yeah, but but they want to squabble. Yeah. And and sometimes people want to squabble. And 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 it's not really a crazy thought. I've watched people But they are both senseless, you could say. But they will never reference it. Rational, way. but well, it depends. I mean, it, th there's a lot of people who who say that the second Iraq and Afghanistan wars were senseless who want to call George W. Bush a war criminal. That I is true. It, but at that point, it becomes perspective versus an overall label. Like if media defines the narrative, the media defines that narrative that way, by and large, it, it depends on who owns the narrative. Nah, not, 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 not Vietnam. Yes, but not that one. Vietnam for sure gets a, a, a horrible title. But but again, that's my point, like where maybe we're like, like we don't have the information, so we're giving it based off the information we have. But to say that somebody's reason of fighting is senseless because you can't make sense out of it, I don't know, man. That just... I don't think that's really the question. Like, well, okay. It is the question. I'm trying to like... There, there's a lot of hats, you know, at, at the table. Like there's, there's the local media perspective, there's the Charlemagne Van perspective, and there's your perspective, and then there's a lot of pronouns floating around that are kind of confusing the situation, at least a little bit to me. I'm less concerned with the 
NBC local news perspective, personally, which, uh, again, that's just me. I'm only one of the three sure. people sitting here. Um, I think for like Charlemagne and Van, their ultimate underlying question at the end of the day, and I don't know if they ask it blatantly or not, but it sounds like they're pointing in that direction, is the community in general between points A, B, C, and D better or worse for having gang violent gang conflicts within it? Or opposed to if there weren't. That's my point, though, that that's where it gets tricky. I don't think none of the. I don't think Germany is a better place than what? Than than it was before, because of World War Two. I don't think yeah. America. I don't think America is a better place because of it. It's all a perspective of what you think could happen, and you trying to prevent what you think can happen, or you reacting to what has happened. Mm. Um, does every time does when every time when 117th Street Watch Crip goes to war, does everybody in the community sign on? Hell no. But when has everybody in which country the only time I can remember America, everybody signing on was after 9-11. America was not a better place after going to war, right? With with the with the Taliban, like with you know, being present in, in is the Middle East, right? They it wasn't a better place. It's not a better place now. Shit's still happening right now. Well, I think the question is it has to just be revenge. Are these other places better places that the US is and they're is Iraq better? Is Afghanistan better? Yeah, they it is they uh, Taliban lands better. I, I think we'd all say probably not. They have destroyed these places. So when is, when is, and that's what I'm saying, Pete, like even from Van and Charlemagne's level, when is there a proper reason to fight? When is there a reason to fight? When is there, is there a reason to kill? Is there a reason to fight? These are really the questions. Are you all about the NBA action? You got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Nissan has a car for everyone, and that means every driver who wants more. Whatever your more is, more freedom, more head-turning style, more exhilaration, Nissan has it. Get more exhilaration behind the wheel of the Nissan Z, the sports car built to deliver the most thrilling drive ever. Make more moves with the Nissan Rogue that can switch between power and fuel efficiency at the press of a pedal. If you're craving more adventure with your crew, try the Nissan Pathfinder, the vehicle with a muscle to help you handle the journey. Want more of a rush with your drive? Drive, zip around in the agile and stylish Nissan Sentra. And for a drive that's positively more electric, the Nissan Aria has the perfect combination of raw power and refined luxury. When you want more of what makes driving exciting, from sports cars and sedans to EVs, pickups, and crossovers, you can rely on Nissan because more is all we do. Get the endless excitement and the more you've been looking for. Check out Nissan's amazing lineup. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. 2023 EPA fuel economy estimates. 30 city MPG, 37 highway MPG, 33 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV front wheel drive, 28 city MPG, 35 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue S and SV all wheel drive, 29 city MPG, 36 highway MPG, 32 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum front wheel drive, 28 city MPG, 34 highway MPG, 31 combined MPG for Rogue SL and Platinum all wheel drive. Actual mileage may vary with driving conditions. Use for comparison only. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? 
backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This reminds me of when I was studying native tribes that were living here in what we call the U.S. in the 1800s. Their land was completely invaded by U.S. and Spanish governments. But then when they retaliated against the the U.S. and Spanish presence, they were considered the bad people. They were considered um, the assailants. And, And a lot of American people buy that rhetoric. You know, the Apache Indians running through uh, an area where Americans live, killing them all off um, is considered bad. But the United States killed a whole bunch of Apaches to occupy that space. And and we could call that type of conflict micro level because in the 1800s, you know, the governments were small and these tribal lands were really small. But there's always a justification to explain why one side is having conflict with the other side. And we could call all of that senseless. Why couldn't we just leave these native tribes alone let them occupy their space and, and respect their land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, that, the Seminole that, Indians, they went through treacherous wars with the United States government, the, the Spanish government. And, and every time they retaliated to kill, they were considered the villains. Even to this day, we considered a lot of, of the the native tribes on U.S. soil, the villains. Sure, they get the all they were doing was reacting and defending. Sure, and they What's get the term savages. That's 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 crazy. Yeah, we call them savages. Yeah, they do. Like, wait a minute. You're right. You're right. You're right. But um, it, but you know what? They engaged in savage behavior, quote unquote, to defend themselves and defend their land. And of course, it was called, some people call it all senseless. Or how about this? Nat Turner decides, I want to lead a anti-slave revolt that's going to kill 50 white folks. Now, history treats Nat Turner in different ways. Some say he's a hero. Others say he didn't need to kill. He didn't need to kill 50 white folks. But what he did 30 or 40 years before emancipation certainly opened up that conversation to where we have in 1865 the Emancipation Proclamation. We have... Of the of slavery being abolished in the U.S., we have people becoming free. So, so how do we judge Nat Turner for doing what he did? Decide I'm going to rise against the slave owner. I'm going to rise against the white man, and in these next couple of days, I'm going to kill fifty of them. Do it's we like, blame him for that, or do we understand? Does that make sense? My question is: Does it 100%. make sense to understand a Nat Turner perspective? Hundred percent. All the examples you just gave, without exception, have an end game imaginable. What is the end game in the conflict between I don't, I don't know and They all have an end game. I don't think Nat yeah. Turner thought he was going to get away with it. The ultimate goal for an uprising is to liberate. I don't that would I be think, I don't think he thought to himself that he was going to pull it off. Sometimes some people think they're the spark to pulling something off. Like right. But there. there's something to pull off. Yeah, but but at that point, it all starts with one simple thing, right? So, like, all I'm asking is, what's the something to pull off? But, the but end game, it, right? Yes. Well, if 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 there's a group of guys that's serving dope on my on a corner that's two blocks away from me, and that's a little too close to our hood, the end game is to push those dudes back about two or three blocks back into their space. Because if I, I don't that. do anything to, to to if I don't have that end game, then they're going to keep encroaching, keep encroaching. And and they're going to be tapping into my funds. In a sense, that that can be considered an end game. Thousand percent trade lines, trade lines, hundred percent. Sure, sure. And economically trying to earn, right? Okay. Well, it. But that's the point. Like, what's the end game per se of of going into the Middle East? You know, rooted around nine eleven. Which what, part was I mean, there? Marketable end game after nine eleven, or was it the fact that? Like very much Ronald Reagan, very much uh, 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 um, Barack Obama. Uh, who was nine eleven the president? George Bush. George Bush. Bush. Uh, he's junior. Um, the second, you know, 
or GW. I don't know what the fuck they call the, it. The, the, the end game is it was similar. Like now you can see like that similar Iran government Hamas type of relationship where there's quote unquote non-governmental military factions that are being provided safe haven to operate by local governments. So the goal ultimately would be we're going to displace this government who's providing safe haven for a non-government military outfit. We're going to try to take down the non-government military outfit and put somebody in charge of the country who's not going to continue to provide safe haven and funding for an outfit that commits military actions against other parties without having a flag under which to fly. So that's a great point, right? But do you think that's what they marketed? Or do you think they marketed revenge? It was exact. It was revenge. How about this as an end game? Marketable point was revenge. The, the United States can never allow any sort of government or quasi government to attack without there being a, a violent response to it. And in that sense, the end game is to say to the rest of the world, look what we're about to do to this quasi government for what they did to us. And that's what the end game is in almost every street conflict. You yeah. came and killed my homie. There's, an, there's 10 other hoods that saw that we just lost one. And if we don't do anything, we're going to look weak. So we have to yeah, retaliate. It's we a deterrence by force. In kind. Yeah. And that's the end game. And, and you I think that's what the end game in 9-11. Yeah, you want to discourage other countries slash communities from committing such atrocities you know, on your on your citizens or on your land. And that's what George Bush actually said. We're that's gonna find the Reagan. people who did this. That's what Ronald Reagan said when he was going to mass on oh boy, they got locked off in North Africa. You know, he got knocked off a couple years ago. Oh, Gaddafi. Gaddafi. Like Ronald Reagan said that if you think you're gonna do this to American people, it happened in another country that he had problems with. You know I mean, and they're trying to figure it out. And the other people did it, but they say he funded or provided the weapons. And he spoke to him directly on TV in a tone of revenge. And that garnered the most support, right, from Americans. Because every human being, no matter the most sophisticated to the poorest person, understand the concept of revenge. We all say we don't deal in revenge because it's an endless trail of blood, right? It'll keep going and going and going. So that's why we establish laws and justices and all that. But we still at the top level, at the military level, operate out of revenge. Mostly every war or every atrocity we have done as a country has been out of revenge. Like, I agree with you, right? When we was looking at World War II, we wasn't really in it. We were supporting, you know, just like right now, where sanctions, certain things we were doing, to, 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 to side with the people that we agree with their policies, right? Is that fair to say? Well, you right? can yeah, say World War II. Yeah. Glasses, you could say World War II was also revenge because the United States yeah. was not involved in that war until they dropped the bomb on Pearl Harbor and twelve hundred U.S. soldiers died. But but that the Atlantic Theater was imminent. That was going to happen without that. Yeah, but, now, but the, the, what, what would have happened without that is Imperial Japan would would effectively have owned. From a definite period of time, half the Pacific Rim at least. I listen. That's but that's my point. But I don't think that the U.S. would have even cared. But 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 my point is, Pete. They were literally. This is what happens in the streets. Everybody takes sides, right? So they take sides, depending on how loud you want everybody to know you're taking sides and where you're going to participate. It's for a reason, right? They're taking sides. Right. They're identifying. This. We have the same superpower structure. Right. To some degree. At one time in Compton, just like the, the Axis powers, you had gangs clicking up, communities clicking up. Right. You had Nutty South Atlantic. You had Acacia Town Forums. You had Front Palmer Tanner. You had all of these communities. Right. Forming these Axis power clicks to deal with conflict or just to find togetherness, you know, within communities. Just like World War Two. Like it literally happened just like that. So while I do agree with you, the Atlantic theater would have happened, but the reality is it was different when they came and fucked over Hawaii. That What's turned that? into a different savage on the whole world's front. Here's like a baseline question for this, because 
this whole entire conversation is basically somebody said that what we're doing is not right. Oh, yeah. Well, look at what they're doing because I'm no worse than that guy. No, you know? that. that's what it sounds like. No, what it is is. People from the culture, right? People from the culture can make sense of the violence. Now, whether they agree with the sense is different, but they can make sense of it. So my point is, how can you make sense of certain violence, but you can't make sense of other violence? That's I'm happy you said it that way. I, I wonder if that's the point. I'm, I'm trying to semi-devil's advocate and speak on behalf of opinions that aren't present. So there's a a line between I can make sense and rationalize this violence versus I can endorse or attempt to speak out against this violence. You know, like those are kind of separate conversations. Yeah, but I don't I don't think this is and this is where I'm going and not not specifically those two brothers, but brothers in general. I'm I'm just using their. No, I'm, I'm not saying, but I, I don't want to isolate them brothers and make it just them. That's not hundred percent. It might Me not either. Even, I just, yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying, but this point I'm about to make, right, is there's a value in it. That's the problem. There's a value in it. There's a financial value in speaking out against the community. Now, I'm not saying those two guys are because they don't get paid for shit like this. But there is a lot of people that reap benefits from acting like they have no idea from siding a certain way, mm. right? Just like in a real war, there's a value in speaking out against it with some people. And there's a value of speaking out for it for some people. You know what I mean? Is it really their determining factor? I, I, I'm not getting into why the reality is the one point I'm upset about is when people from the community that are informed can't make sense out of it. That's, that's my only point. And I'm saying, when is war sensible? At which level? Is, is war sensible because of 9-11? Does that make sense? Then how don't you understand what happens nine times out of 10 in these micro, you know, level conflicts? Is there a space? And if so, what does it look like where a person who fits that description could say, I understand why you did that, but I disagree with the decision to have done that. Like what, what does that look like in its presentation and its application is kind of maybe like my question, you know, I mean, I get, I guess you can be a, you know, you can be a hippie, like, you know, hippies don't agree with no wars. Right. Right. Theoretically. Yeah. But I don't know if they, if hippies are like, Oh, I totally get why you did that, but I'm principally opposed. Like they're, they're more no, just like, I'm principally opposed. And I don't understand anything because I'm a fucking idiot hippie. Well, <laughs> I, I don't I don't quite know. Again, that's like setting a border to why people understand war. Like what's that? That's the point I was asking. You know, what is worth going to war over? That That's the same question. If you say I see what happened, but I don't agree is the equivalent of saying, you know, there is some reason to go to war and there's some reason that aren't. And I'm asking you if 9-11, right, or World War Two, right, when, when the. uh when the Japanese came and bombed Hawaii, uh, what is it, Pearl Harbor, right? When when that happens, those are the two most, those are the two greatest moments that I remember in history, you know, as far as like studying history and anything, where they had the Americas, they had America's vote of confidence as far as the, the, the approval. There you go. They had the approval of the American public to go to war. Those two reasons that are rooted in revenge. So, if you don't understand revenge as a main motive, listen, Vietnam, we could, that probably was the lowest rated American war. It's probably worse now. I don't know. I haven't looked it up. That's probably some addicts know, but Vietnam is one of the worst. And, and Vietnam can make perfect sense, but it's one of the worst because you didn't have the simple thing that human beings thrive on, revenge. It, most of the time, it's not about justice. It's about revenge. You know, and those two words are really, you know, it's a slippery slope between those two words, because a lot of people go to court. They're not searching for justice, whether they know it or not. Even if somebody gets life in prison, they're not searching for justice. They're searching for revenge. This is the closest that they can get to revenge. So I'll take it. 
think so if you're asking me, you know, if there's a space that exists where people, to me, no, there's no space that can exist where you can understand some war and then other wars, unless you say these are the basic guidelines for war. So now if you want to say, hey, glasses, this is the basic guidelines. 10 people have to get killed. Well, then that becomes a conversation of how many people we talk about per capita. What's the percentage? How serious does it need to be? Are there some wars in the streets I don't agree with? Yes. Yes. I look at some street. The 60s and they trades is not one of them. I totally understand how it happened top to bottom. Do I wish the brothers could find out another solution? Sure. Do I understand why shit is that bad? Hell yeah. You kill my motherfucking brother, it's going to be some shit about it. I may not want America to solve the problem. I may not want a jury of not my peers to solve the problem or try to get justice for me. You know what I mean? I may not want that. So if 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 you killing my brother, right, or you infringing on my Tory economically, right, are not reasons to literally, you know, create a war, then there's never been a reason in, in human existence to create a war. Everything about war, for the most part, is either, you know, revenge or preventative. Like even right now, when you say the weapons of mass destruction, blah, 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 in Syria, it ain't your motherfucking business about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Unless you think they might use them on you or somebody you care about or you decide who has weapons of mass destruction or not. It's all the same. It's preventative to some reason. And I can understand. That's why. If you think about it, gangbangers would make the best politicians because it's somewhere that you really understand. This is politics all day. <laughs> it's all the same mind state. How the fuck you go tell somebody else they can have guns and you can't? That is for sure some gangbanger shit. And also, let me point out, there's so many diplomatic conversations and talks in Los Angeles amongst different gangs to try to bring a truce, to oh. try to bring peace that are pretty similar the way international nations do it. You know, uh, we don't have ambassadors. I mean, technically we do have ambassadors. We do have ambassadors. <laughs> We're going to send such and such to the, to the table to have a meeting at the Youth Justice Coalition because these other guys are going to come. And, and in the last five years, there have been so many truces and, and so many peace treaties, you know, signed in a literal sense. Um, so it, it is almost the same as as nation building, uh, you know, on, on a level of, of nation states. Um, when you have Crips and Bloods and Pyrus and Southsiders coming to the table to iron out their differences, to see if there's a possible solution to end uh, a particular conflict. And I, I got to shout out the, the Florences and the East Coasts. That's huge. That was a 20 year beef. That beef lasted just as long as the Afghanistan-U.S. war. Um, and in 2019, they came to the table and ended it. And, and in the last three years, um, it, it's still maintaining. So sure. there's also these oh, different Florence, Is that Florencius? Yes. Is that? Uh, Florencius, the Mexicans? Yeah, yeah correct. Southsiders. And, and I think those diplomatic talks that we don't never mention that are happening behind the scenes is just another example as how close this is to international conflict. That's a great point. Yeah. I think like on the media sense, like if you look at like it, it happens, like there's you know, been issues like in Hollywood where you'll see guy from Stones, guy from 40s outside a nightclub and then just for being there or whatever, like there's an existing conflict that plays out over there. And that's 600 feet from the news network. You know what I mean? And they're looking out the window going, it's two guys leaving a nightclub. One of them shot the other one. That doesn't make any sense. You know, sure. and they don't tie it down to its original geographic location and origin. And, and that's my point when, when they reduce it down. So I get again, like I said initially at the beginning of this conversation, I get why they think that they are totally ignorant. They have no idea. They need to have a specialist like Alex on there to explain such conflicts. So they can be like, oh, OK, then they can relate. Right. But my issue is with people that the culture that come from the culture, per se. Right. They come from it and they get there. They be like, well, I don't know why people. I don't know why people. Yes, you do. Yes, you fucking do. Yes, you do. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's all a part of the same poverty and oppression. This is normal in all poor communities. This is normal. You know I mean, it's normal across the globe, but it's normal in all poor communities right here where conflicts are solved primitively. You know, it's, it's not a ton of things to look forward to. 
you know, it's, it's, it's all a part of the same oppression, you know, a lack of opportunities. You're fighting over the minimal. It ain't like you fighting over the street and you got a thousand streets where you're making all this money. This is very little area to earn in this community. And you are impeding on this territory that we marked as ours. You know, what's an interesting random thought sure. when you go when you are brought in with charges against you, you are afforded the right to counsel, you know, in the criminal sphere, but you aren't in the civil sphere. <laughs> oh. Oh. It would be interesting if you had a right to counsel and it got you have to sell your fucking house to sue somebody down there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. It just it just it just is weird to me. And I'm just tired of seeing the term like senseless violence. It's like, bro, try to make sense of it. Take an effort, take an extra effort as a human being to understand somebody else's life outside of yours. You know what I mean? Like if if if, if that was happening, the human experience would be so much greater. You know, what I mean, that, that we talk about it before. Right. The the. The verb of being human is humane, like right? And that's very much just being mindful and, and thoughtful for others. So if you just took that extra moment to understand the conflict, you may have a way to help, you know, resolve the conflict. Like me and me and Alex talked about this before. It's like when you go to court, like if I go to court, like if I'm from 117th Street, whether or not I'm participating in the crime, there's somebody that could want to take my life because that's my community. I may have not done nothing to nobody, but because somebody else did something to somebody, no different as Americans, you know, you be in Russia with Brittany Griner. Something simple can be escalated to the furthest point because right now your homies is helping somebody we not dealing with. Right. So when you go to court, it's, I've said this a thousand times, like it's almost harder for us because you're fighting against two like ideas. Right. You have a law in the streets and then you have a law that you have to abide by as a government figure, right? But imagine if that same system cared about the life of poor people. And when they got people of your peers, they got people that are from the community to understand because people from the community, like when a kid get killed, you think people from the community, well, that's how I go. Hell no. If you keep missing, it will be problems for you. The community fixes its own shit. It don't just let it linger around. If you're a rapist from the community and niggas know, yo, you'll get your hat brought to you. Niggas will cut your fucking head off. If you're a child, a pedophile, they will do something to you. If you're breaking in all the houses in the community and, and people know, they will do something to you. They will bring your ass to court immediately. So yeah. it's just, if it was thought of for us, it, it would be much greater if we cared about what poor people was going through. I just sat in on the on the Eric Holder trial, the dude that killed Nipsey Hussle. And, and this exact issue was front and center in the trial. Uh, on one side, the prosecution saying Eric Holder killed Nipsey Hussle senselessly, senselessly for no reason. While mm. the defense is saying, hold up, jury, there was a reason why my client did this. And the whole trial is trying to convince the jury that either it was senseless, find this man guilty for the max, or the other side is saying, there's a reason find them guilty for a lesser offense. So, I mean, these things play out in our on our trials almost every day. Every day. Quick question. What the, the essential cause of that was Nipsey accused him of being a snitch. He retaliated. It's it's a layer nutshell. It's a layer it's a layer Real late. I'll say in a nutshell. In a nutshell, but it's, it's it gets a little deeper than I that. I say, yeah, we, we we're, we're de- obviously, but that could be a whole nother we're in minute uh, forty eight episode. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. like low key, that probably is like an investigative journalist piece. Like you would probably need a couple series to understand that that dynamic. I, I, I just want to know if it was true or not. If it, 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 is it out there that he's on paper? Well, or we, no. see, see, in the trial, yeah. it didn't even matter if it was true or not because yeah. it's about yeah. Eric Holder's state of mind at that moment. Yeah. Whether or no, not I was just curious. It ever well, that didn't in the trial it never came up whether it was For true sure. or not. Yeah, that's that's a great point, and and you know people ask me about that, but the thing about these community incidents and and Nip being my man, they're layered. Yeah, and then yeah. really, you, you almost would have to do like investigative journalists like deep 
but you know like I mean? go deep to find out because it's not as simple as one incident, you know, based off of the 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 the, the, the conversation. It's, it's a lot yeah. of stuff going on in this. And so but but the point Alex is making is it was it didn't matter at all because it was no way possible yeah. the jury could even relate to why they could. It's a legit self-defense claim in reality, but uh-huh. in jurisprudence, there's no there's no space. Yeah, well, it was only- a claim to try to get a manslaughter, a manslaughter yeah. basically saying yeah. that yeah. he was triggered at the heat of the moment by that conversation to kill. And that, and that was a bad defense. And, and the trigger being that that puts his safety at risk. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thought of, of the defense works for you, Pete, because you have some street sense. But the glasses, the, I think if they had a street jury, they, they might have understood that and gave him a manslaughter conversation. Yeah, as, I think it's as very likely. To the first degree. So, That's so one of the issues with like Los Angeles annexing so much freaking land in the early part of the 20th century, because if that happens in Compton, you're getting a Compton jury. If it happens in L.A., you're mm-hmm. getting you're getting the Palms, you're getting Woodland Hills, you're getting downtown Koreatown, and you're getting East Side South Central. It doesn't, you know. That's that, that exactly a, why they, they annexed Watts. You know, Watts used to be its own city, and uh, Los Angeles annexed it and diluted the black population. That's a thought, though, because Compton has a superior court. Yeah, so does Englewood. It's a different everything. Important thought for like a black attorney to like move trials to where because you have to get closer to. Oh yeah, like a motion to. Yeah, like you have to get closer to somebody who could understand the actual life in these poor places completely. Because if you ask somebody from Brentwood, you know, I wouldn't shoot somebody over stealing my car. They just stole my car. Yeah. He don't understand the implications of niggas will keep stealing your car. You want to know one of the funniest jury selection <laughs> things I've ever heard car. of? If somebody stole my car, uh, call the insurance company. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, you remember there's a guy who's a tailback coach for USC when Reggie Bush was there. He sued the NCAA. It took, like, 10 years to get to court. Three quarters of the way through the trial, one of the jurors asked to be dismissed. Because she didn't speak enough English to understand the nature of the case. It's important. Uh, the guy's like, this is a $10 million lawsuit. I went broke to go for this lawsuit. It's that serious, though. But that, but that's a point. That's a real serious point. And a lot of time, and that's what I, so the point, I guess, where I'm coming to is, that's why I always go out of my way to speak on gang culture, right, with Charlemagne and Van and try to get them to understand. So you can't view us as native American savages. It's not just savagery. There is very much sensible things happening, but they're past these points. At times I will agree that they are primitive, but you also talking about a bunch of people who've been oppressed. You talk about a bunch of people that the opportunities are limited. It, it, it's not by, it's by design that they feel this way about their life. It's not just randomly. If black people don't feel like this way they live in Brentwood. Can I ask a question for the both of you guys to answer? Sure. What would be like a presentable way to package for a person like that, you know, who's like to a degree from the community who's successful and has a platform to effectively kind of advocate maybe against that if, if they happen to believe that it's not the best route? With, while also not, you know, discrediting the reality, of the situation of you know maybe ten thousand people in your city, like how would that sound? I would say, um, listen to this conversation, <laughs> go back and and, and replay this conversation because <laughs> um, the more the more dialogue and and conversation we have about it, I think people will open up their minds a little bit more to understand, you know, gang members um, and gangs are like many nations. They're like many governments. They're like small little entities. In fact, the, the city of LA, when they decide to, to do injunctions, they call the gangs an unincorporated association. And, and, and in these groups and entities, they act in similar ways that nation states do, and, and they decide to use violence um, when they see fit. I would also say that violence, even though gangs do commit violence, 
it's still pretty rare. It's, yeah, it's not something that gangs do every day. Yeah, it's not, it's not a violent experience. You know, dudes don't say we're going to go kill every day. You know, I've heard people talk about gangs in the most salacious ways, like they go kill every day. We have about 500 gangs in L.A., mm. about 40,000 gang members uh, within those four to 500 gangs. And we might have about 150 gang murders a year. Um, yeah, some some people say that's a lot. But when you do the numbers, uh, our, our murder rate is pretty, it's actually below average for the whole nation. Um, so that, that kind of should 100%. open up the eyes. We got the most gangs, we got the most bloods and most crips, but our murder rate is an acceptable, quote unquote, an acceptable number for a large urban city. You know? have the most order and the most structure. There's no power vacuums. Yeah, there is a lot of structure here. You go to other cities, there's a lack, like Chicago right now is, um, I would, I, you know, I don't want to speak for Chicago, but it definitely does not mimic the Los Angeles structure. Oh, they had Detroit, Newark, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles has a unique structure. And I think that it's, it's something that should be talked about more in the sense of an entity, an organization, or a small nation state. That's a great point. Um, my answer would be people like Alex, like the news or the media caring about it and having people like Alex to come in and actually explain more about what's going on, like translation. I mean, translating what's going on so the average American public can, you know, there's a lot of resources that can actually help. And I think that I don't think it's on purpose. Like, don't get me wrong. I think at one time in this country, the goal was to to be an asshole to the black community and keep people down. But I don't think that's the mass idea now which is almost unbelievable that I'm saying it, that I don't think that's the mass idea now. I think at one time that was the mass idea, but I don't think that's the mass idea now. I think today more people are ignorant. That's why I'm really harsh on brothers that come from the community and what they say about the community to other people. I'm really, I'm listening in really deeply. Like if you start like if a lot of the conversations like I'm hearing about middle class and wealthy black people speaking on, you know, therapy. I'm like, yes, yeah, cool to have therapy when you out of the smoke. But it's different to try to have therapy while you got to exist here tomorrow. These same things, these traumas are also the things that keep us alive in this environment. You know, what I mean, they're, they're the things that that we use to 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 they're the tools we use in the worst moments to survive. You know, and then once you once you are not in those environments, it's fine to shed the tools. But it, like I always tell Charlemagne, it is not going to you're not going to raise a generation of people, you know, that don't have these tools. And then they're going to exist in these environments. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it won't work together like you like a deer, like a gazelle has to know it's a gazelle when it's in the jungle. Now, when it's in the gazelle park or a gazelle zoo with a bunch of gazelles, it doesn't have to be as leery as it is in the wild with lions and bears and shit. It's different. You feel me? So it's easy to talk shit about uh, a traumatized gazelle, right? And, and, and then this gazelle will get therapy when it's in the, in the gazelle zoo where everything is fine, right? But it's another thing to try to give this gazelle, you know, therapy about that nobody, you know, blah, 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 feel me? And lions is around this motherfucker. Cause you will get eight. And that, and that's my point. People like Alex, you know, who, who have dedicated their lives, you know what I'm saying? To understanding this thing that we call, you know, nation building on a micro level, you know what I mean? And has the ability and the, the information and education to translate it to on a macro level. That's the most important part. Good looking out for tuning in to the No Sellers Podcast. Please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, comment, and share. This episode was recorded right here on the West Coast of the USA and produced by my homeboy, A-King, for the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Yeah. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. 
That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.